Today on the GYST podcast, we discuss the power behind giving your all. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. We have a fantastic episode for you today. It is one that my boy Glenn has been hounding on us for years in years, uh, he's been wanting this topic. But before I hand off the mic t- to him to let him uh, talk about this episode, let's introduce ourselves. I am your one of your co-hosts, Rohit Rahila. And with me, as always, is... Glenn Rux here. Patrick Liam. Scott Chang. All right. Uh, unfortunately, we do live in Seattle. Jansen is stuck in that Seattle traffic. So we hope he'll make it here on time for the next episode. So, till then... I'm going to hand the mic over to my buddy, Glenn. I'm Glenn, sure Jansen is away. doing his best today to get here on time. I'm sure he's doing his best. Funny thing is, that's what this topic is about. Doing your best. Your absolute best. Nice segue. Mm. I like segues. Oh, I, I, except as long as they've got handles, I can ride them. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Rohit, nice. with the sound effects. Anyway, I came across a video clip a while back. As a matter of fact, it was almost two years to the day back that I came across this video clip. I sent it to you all to watch. Now, it's a scene from a movie called Facing the Giants. And really quickly, by by Glenn saying he sent it to all of us, just talk about us in studio. Yes. Not, not to the... Uh, yes, all of us in studio. We, yeah. we can actually probably, I don't know, are, are we able to put that up on the... We can, episode put we it can in the description to this. Yeah, cool. So we'll we'll attach that uh, the, the link to the video. Um, it's a very powerful message in a five minute clip, um, but it, it's a scene from a a sports inspirational film called Facing the Giants, and at which a coach is trying to teach his team a very powerful message about giving your best. And always putting your best out there. Now, during this scene, it's at a team practice. And during this practice, they were talking about, hey, what, what's the next team that we're going to face at our next game? What, what are they looking like this year? Are, are they good? Are they the best out there? And one of the uh, defensive team members, the de- defensive team captain, came out and said, yeah, they, I don't know, they look better than us. Well, the coach stops everyone and says, okay, well, do you, are you writing this next game off as lost already? Well, I, I wouldn't if I knew I could beat them. Well, I, I think we're getting off on a, on a different message here. Is it, it, it just snapped with the coach. He said, you know what? Get up. I'm going to have you do the death crawl. Now, for those of you who don't know what a death crawl is, that's an exercise during football practice where one player will get on his hands and feet and put another player on his back and crawl from the end zone to the 20-yard line and back. Now, going 20 yards with another person on your back, dead weight, on your hands and on your feet, it's heavy work. It's hard work. Thank God I've only done it once in my life. I would never do it again. It's, it's very strenuous. It's very, very, very tiring and very sore. I mean, you feel sore afterwards. 
<clears throat> so this kid gets down on his hands and feet. He puts the other guy on his back, and he says, yeah, I can go to the, I can go to the 20. Uh, coach says, I think you can go to the 50. Well, so I can go to the 50 with no one on my back. He says, I think you can go to the 50 with this other kid on your back. He goes, okay, well, before we start, put on this blindfold. Kid goes, why? Because I don't want you giving up when I think you can go further. So he puts the blindfold on. Kid starts crawling, right? He's got this other kid on his back. He's crawling. He gets further along, further along. He starts to shake. His arms are starting to get sore. Starting to get tired. He takes a little bit of a break. The coach starts driving him. Keep going. Give me your best. Your very best. Don't stop. Keep going. I mean, this goes on. Almost three quarters of this this movie clip, this kid is driving on his hands and on his feet with this other kid on his back, and he starts complaining about how hard it is. His arms are burning. He's tired. He's running out of gas, and the whole time the coach is yelling at him, screaming at him, give me your best, your entire best. Don't stop. Keep driving. The kid makes it all the way to the end where the coach says, okay, one step left takes that one last step, and then he collapses. The coach pulls the blindfold off, and he says, look up, you're in the end zone. This whole time, he, he didn't think he could make it to the 50-yard the line, right? But he made it from end zone to end zone, carrying another kid on his back. 160-pound kid on his back, he carried him from end zone to end zone because he had blinders on. He had already told himself before, I could make it to the 50 with no one on my back. I couldn't make it any farther than that. But here he is with blindfold on. He made it from end zone to end zone. He pushed himself. His coach obviously was there helping push him, right? Telling him, don't you quit. Don't you quit no matter what you do. You give me your best. Oh, yeah, he was screaming at him. He was, wasn't he? Really? It <laughs> well, was... There was one powerful scene, like, you know, all the other the players were just actually laughing. And they were just right. there, like, oh, yeah, whatever. He's not going to make it. And then suddenly, I They're... think at one point they shut up. And they're just staring they're at like, him. They're like, oh, okay. Wow. And at this point, everybody's just getting up, and they're kind of following him. They're like, okay, he's actually gone past, and nobody says a thing. Mm -hmm. I think that was the most powerful message he could send right there. I mean, he didn't even know he was sending it, the kid. Well, he, he's, he's arguably one of the leaders of the team, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone's following his vision. And everyone just stops going. You know, they had this negative view already in their heads, but as soon as he makes it where he made it, they were in awe. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I can tell you, it is a very hard exercise to do, carrying dead weight on your back, balancing that person, laying their back on, up against your back and carrying them across the football field. And I think I love how the coach pointed out, like, his, his mindset, the kid who was just negative, oh, we're going to lose, you know, he was a, like, everybody kind of looked up to him. Mm -hmm. when, he, when a leader says that, like, something like that, it all, you could just say the smallest thing, negative thing, and it will kill morale. For the mm, rest of the team. Definitely. I mean, in, in this situation, we've really got a, a view into what you're capable of. And what you're capable of stopping yourself from achieving. I mean, if, if you have those blinders on that are, that are blocking out all the negativity, blocking out that, that view of the, the finish line that you've set for yourself, I can make it to the 50 and that's it. That's where I've got to stop. Let's say your, your, your goal is to make it to that 50. Well, is that really as far as you can go? 
Or is that just where you're setting yourself to stop? Yeah, if you don't know where that 50 is, you're going to keep going. That's the thing. And that, yeah, that's the thing. That's that's why he put that blindfold on him, right? He couldn't see the finish line. He said, I don't want you to stop when I think you can go further. So what did he do? He kept driving him. Don't worry about the 50. Don't worry about the 20. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, you notice that he doesn't tell him, too, how far he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It He's focusing on the one step, then the distance. Right. You know, you're, you're laser lining in that specific thing, and then it domino effects to greater things. It's, it's just a, 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 a very powerful message in what the human body is capable of doing. I mean, you've got that burning in your arms. I mean, the, you could tell he was emotionally crying out in pain as he's doing this exercise, but the coach kept driving him. Give me your best. Give me your best. Don't stop. Don't quit on me. Drove him to do his very best. Sometimes we need that, that driving factor, someone out there telling us to keep doing our best. We don't always have that. So how can we find that kind of motivation to give our best in every situation? What could we do to make sure we're always giving our best? Blindfolds and then have somebody yell at you. <laughs> yeah, it does help. I mean, for a fee, yeah. I can yell at you guys. No, I mean, yeah, there's some places that probably do that with the blindfold included. Yeah, yeah they, they do other stuff too. Yeah. But I mean, like a lot of it is yourself that's where it starts yeah. you know you're you're gonna always gonna have that voice that tells you oh you can't do it oh it's too hard it's all this stuff and the crazy thing is you're the only one who can actually really hear that voice nobody's really telling you that but it's no one you know if you have somebody there screaming in your ear like the coach did and say hey one other step one other step you got this don't quit on me um that does a lot that sh- drowns out that inner voice you're just gonna focus on what's in front of you at that point yeah it's the the support and the guidance Another thing that I enjoyed from it is uh, you're mentioning kind of how painful it was embracing that discomfort, challenging your your comfort zone there and expanding it in order to grow. He had he had a lot of room to grow because he had been negative the entire movie. And believe me, if you guys don't get a chance to watch it, watch that movie. Forget the religious side of it, right? Just mm-hmm. focus on the inspirational. And I, I think some of the best inspirational films out there are religious you just can't get around it. Um, but whether you go for the religious message or not, the message in, in what you are capable of doing yourself, if you believe, if you turn off all the negativity and focus on the positive uh, parts of what you're trying to do. Hey, I'm trying to get as far as I possibly can. I'm going to drive myself to go as far as I can, whether it's in physical sports, relationships, financial goals, your careers, how are we driving ourselves to be the best we possibly can in everything we do? Are we pushing ourselves beyond our limit? Or are we just getting to the bare minimum and collapsing, saying, okay, I can't do this anymore. i got to relax. I've got I've to set myself back and just take it easy for now. Yeah, it's amazing how far you can go if you take out certain factors. Mm. Yeah, that, the hardest thing, I think... I'm, Going back to an old episode you guys were in. This is before my time, but I think it was the uh, episode 127. Was it the negative self-talk versus positive affirmation? Dang, Scott Soho's been doing their homework. So, I mean, <laughs> can I get a brownie point? <laughs> but no, like you guys were talking about, like, um, it's so easy just to talk yourself out of everything. Um, and, you know, it's hard for you to take a lot of people to actually take, you know, like any praise. Because it really just bounces off a lot of people. A lot of it is a... 
kind of like a defense mechanism just to turn it away. And when you take it on, I feel like you can, I mean, when you accept all the praise that you're getting and you shut out that inner voice, you can go so far. It's ridiculous. And a lot of it is, you know, it's just, I think we as humans, I mean, I was reading up an article by Kendra Cherry. I think it was on uh, Very Well Mind. It was the whole uh, negativity bias, I believe it was. Like, you know, humans have a habit of just, like, remembering bad things. Uh, like, you know, it's it, we focus on the bad things. Like, for me, um, even though if it's a great, like, a great event in my life, like, I have most recently, like, Glenn, you went to, it was for Gavin's wedding in Montana. Oh, yeah. You were the smart man, and you took the train. I drove the <laughs> 10 hours, right? And so I was like, you know, it's a 10-hour drive. You know, that's actually, I, I love road trips and everything. I, re- I rented a car, and, you know, for the most, every time I tell people about that trip, I say it was fun and everything, but I always tell people about the bad things about that drive. You know, oh, it was pain in the butt for me to get a rental car. Two, I got a giant wind, like, rock chip in my windshield. And three, I almost went off the road because a trucker came too close to me. But, you know, when I looked at it, I had, it was a gorgeous drive. Those were, like, the three smallest things that shouldn't have stuck out, but, like, I can only focus on those three. And so when Mm -hmm. I got there, I was like, Oh, that was a cool drive, but I almost died three times. Jeez, this is terrible. And, you know, looking back at it, you know, I shouldn't say that. It was beautiful. I would do it again. And in all honesty, you called me smart. I was lazy. (laughs) I don't like long road trips. So I took a train where they took care of all the transportation. I took the blinders, right? Mm -hmm. That way I could focus on the more fun things. Yeah. So okay. next time you drive, you need blinders and someone screaming at you. Definitely. But yeah, no, like it was, it's stuff like that. I mean, like humans, you know, we, and also we respond more to like negative things. Like I think what, the news is a perfect example of this. Like with my dad, I don't know what his deal is. Um, but anytime he's watching news, he's it's really negative. He gets worked up and it's not good for his health. But you know, the high commander mom, when she, brings him out to the farm and gets some fresh air and gets out and do like just work around. He's fine. He's like, he acts like he's 30 or 40. And then when he's home on a day off, I just see him and he's just barely limping around like dad, you can't, this is like, you know, this negativity, it, it, it's contagious. It really is. Mm -hmm. It definitely (laughs) negativity. And we've kind of mentioned it in the past. There's two types of zombies, a negative Mm -hmm. zombie and a positive zombie. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. It's it's really a cancer, the, the, the negativity. It yeah. eats away at you. It spreads real easily. Positivity doesn't spread as easily. That's why we have to get in there and bite people with that positivity. And Rohit's the perfect example of that. Really is. Mr. Positive. <laughs> he really is. I'm. There have been times when Rohit's positivity, even though I'm the most negative person at times, admittedly, and sometimes my negative language creeps in, He'll say something positive. Okay, okay, I can I can relax a little bit now. I don't have to be as negative today. I feel better. I keep my negativity in check when there's positivity around. So that's that's a good thing. So one one question I would have for you guys is: Have you ever been given a task, a job, or a goal that you've believed would be too hard, or would be too? Um, too costly for you to accomplish. Oh man, you're talking to a farmer, so yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, every day. I now, mean, it, now here, here's the follow up question. Like, and I'm going to give you a quick scenario here. Right, we we've all learned how to ride a bike. I assume. Yes. Mm-hmm. So. Who, who taught you, Rohit? Who taught you to ride your bike? 
I, I actually kind of learned by myself. Okay. Okay. Cool. Scott? Um, uh, myself and like peer pressure from the other kids. Okay. Uh, my dad. Uh, and I'm, I'm going to assume that your dad and I, my dad had a very similar approach to it, right? They probably put you on the bike, said now pedal. You probably fell over a couple of times, right? Or did Poss- you? Possibly. I'm, I'm trying to remember the, the memory of it. I think he blacked it out because he crashed. Well, I can tell you from experience, I fell over multiple times, and my dad was never a very patient man. And he was very much like that football coach. Keep going. Keep going. Keep driving. You fall over, you get your butt back on that seat and keep going. Even when I, the first time I fell down, I skinned my knee, I was bleeding, I was crying. I could have just sat there and curled up in a ball, but my dad wouldn't let me. He pushed me. He drove me to actually continue trying. And his, his voice, when he, when he gets that forceful voice in there, as a little kid, you go, oh, shit, I've got to, I've got to start acting up. Got back on my bike. I was still crying tears of, of embarrassment, of pain. But my dad's voice kept going in the background, and he started chasing the bike to make me ride faster. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I did, and I never fell off again. But it's, it's that factor. I was being driven. I was being forced to forget the negative side of it. Hey, I don't want to fall down anymore. I wasn't focused on, I don't want to fall down anymore. It was, I don't want that big guy behind me catching up to me and, and crashing on my parade for screwing up again. Yeah, for me, it was like, you know, there's, you know, kids can be so cruel. That's the phrase. Right. And the thing is, you know, I was the only one who didn't know how to ride a bike. So, you know, every day it was just ridicule, ridicule, ridicule. Oh, you have a bike, but you can't ride it. And eventually I just like, you know, I just kept trying, kept trying. And, trying. and then eventually I got there and I was no longer that kid. Mm. But yeah, no, that was, I mean, shame makes you step up really or embarrassment. You know, what's interesting about this is when, and, and Glenn, I was just listening to you talking about your childhood experience of riding a bike. Mm-hmm. I think the vast majority of people can relate to that story, you know, with, with someone holding the bike and then all of a sudden like they let go and you turn around and you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm doing it. And then you go into a bush. But uh, <laughs> That happened too. <laughs> but, but thinking about it, at what point do we lose that person cheering us on, right? And instead, as we grow older, we want to be told what to do because that takes the blame off of us. That's one factor that I want to talk about. And then the second factor is we like to observe negative behavior because it makes us feel better. Everything from watching the Kardashians to politics, right? We can look at politics and we can look at the Kardashians and say, ha well, I would do this differently. Like they don't know what they're doing. The reason why I'm bringing this up is because as we grow older, we lose sight of what drives us. That person who was going had someone who was, there's a difference between, oh, Glenn, I believe in you, buddy. I know you can do it. I've seen you do it. You can do it. I'm here for you. And like me straight up yelling at you saying, go, go, push, push. We, we all have supporters in our lives, but it's a soft support. It's a, Patrick, I know you can do it. Just give it your best. I believe in you. And then you have the, the extreme. I'm very familiar with the extreme right now in which your own limitations 
or lack of resources aren't considered. In this case, it was positive because the coach was saying, you're not going to stop. You're going to keep going. And, and the, the person kept on going. But at the same time, we need something as adults to have the same type of drive pushing us. And if we don't, I think that's when you start talking about the bare minimum stuff. A phrase mm-hmm. that I use all the time is bare minimum mode. We, that becomes our default behavior. We only push ourselves to be within our comfort zone or just slightly past it. A perfect example is if you start running, right? And, and Scott, I'm going to lean on you for this because one day mm-hmm. you just came home and you had some energy and you're like, I'm just going to go run. Like that was how your, lun- how your running streak started. It yeah. wasn't anything more than that. What, what's interesting is when people first start running, they already made up, they make up their mind saying, at what point is halfway of, of my current ability? Or how do I run in a loop? How do I know when it's time to turn back? And already their mindset is shifting to, okay, if I need to go to the 50 at 25, that's halfway. And if I can make it there just a little bit more, just a little bit more, but it's still, we, we confine ourselves within our comfort zone or just slightly above, which shows, and, and I'm talking about the vast majority here. I, I believe the vast majority of people are well within their comfort zone and they are happy about it. They don't want decisions. They don't want to make decisions. They want to be told what to do because that takes responsibility off of them. And they don't want to challenge at they all. Don't, no, not at all. No. Not at all. And, and I think that with this scene here, the challenge part is where it really comes in, right? Because we've... We've programmed ourselves to go easy. We have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if, and I'm going to use experience as a gamer, right? I've got easy games out there that I can play all day, but I get bored with them. I like to challenge myself. So I play harder and harder games. I won't ever put myself through Elden Ring. That's insane. (laughs) Do it. Change my life. Dark Souls. I won't do it because, I mean, there's a point where challenge just becomes insane, but I will always push myself to do better in games. Okay, I just played Sea of Thieves for the first time in months this last weekend. I was getting my ass kicked. People were sinking my ship all the time, stealing my loot. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to keep sailing or I could give up. I want to keep sailing. I'm going to go back at these guys until I finally sink them. I sank all 12 times, <laughs> but it was still, I was pushing myself to do better. And I, I did notice I was doing things better each, each and every time, but at work, I'm doing the same thing. I'm trying to find things that I can improve on, challenge myself on. I'm already doing X, Y, and Z. Now, what if I start doing one, two, and three as well? How can that make my job better? How can it make my team's jobs easier? How can it make my, my success more robust? with what I'm currently doing. May I share one of my highlights of that, of that video that hit me that you showed us. So as a personal development coach, it's my job to break you down. The more breakdowns you have, the more breakthroughs you're going to have, because what you're doing is you're letting your walls down. Mm-hmm. What, what I do when, when we're in the seminar environment, and, and 
<clears throat> you guys witnessed this the other day with Patrick. The for those who are in in the studio, you witnessed this with Patrick. Uh, may I talk about this, Patrick? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So for those who are listening, Patrick uh, a couple episodes ago led his his first real podcast, and he did it. We had to we had to stop. It, it, you could tell the passion wasn't in it. It was almost like a checklist. Okay, I need to say this, 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 and this, and that order. Okay, here, let me deliver it. There's a difference between reading a line and delivering a line. And Patrick was reading a line. When, when the doubts started creeping in, I stopped recording, and I just looked at Patrick, and I walked him through this. No one else existed at that moment. For me, did anyone ex- exist for you? Was it just you and I? Just you and I. Just you and I, right? For the most part, everyone else stopped talking. There's, there's one who, who kind of like, oh, Patrick, I believe in you. You could do it. And it's like, wait, hold on. Like, let, let us have this moment because that was your moment. What I liked about that video that we saw was the rest of the team stopped. They weren't cheering. They weren't like, oh man, you're, you're at the fifty and you're still going strong. Keep going. You're you're at the other 25. They didn't do any of that. They let him have his moment. Because speechless. He was about to break several times. But because he didn't have that external influence talking to him, the battle, the only battle that existed was him and his mind. That's it. The fact that the rest of the team let him have his moment for me was was amazingly impactful. I can tell you, I have been in in a seminar environment where one of one of the students was about to have a breakthrough. You, you could tell he was getting emotional. He was on the verge of breaking down, and someone else in the audience like kind of grabbed his arm and was like, "Oh, it's okay. You can, you know, don't worry about it." And that took him out of it and brought him back to reality and robbed him of that moment. That, to me, that moment always sticks out as one of the most negative experiences that I've had. When, when I saw the rest of the team let him have his moment, to me, that was the most beautiful thing that I saw. Mm. So I got to ask you, so, you know, let's say that person lost their moment. Is it possible to get close to that ever again? Or is it going to be like be twice the effort? It, That's it the thing. is definitely harder to get back to that moment. Once you've been stolen out of that moment, once you've been brought out of that mindset, it's hard to get right back into it. It takes an equal amount, if not more time, to get back into that that moment. Yeah. I at at a at a place of employment, I was honored with uh, I, I'm not a salesman, but I was awarded President's Club. President's Club is something that is awarded to the top salespeople. The sales leaders saw enough value that I brought that they said, we have to take him as well. And when they announced it, I was in shock. Like, I didn't know what to do, didn't know how to react. It was an an amazing moment for me. And a moment that I wanted to live in. I wanted that moment. That to me went meant way more than the honor, 
than, than the trip, anything else was that moment of, wow, I made an impact. When my manager at the time told the, the rest of the team, it wasn't, look what he did. It was, look what, look what we did. Our, our team got this award. Or, you know, for the first time, our team is being recognized. I know what he meant. I know he didn't mean it to be offensive. But that robbed me of that moment. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing, to, to answer your question, Scott, mm-hmm. nothing that I can do, nothing that he can do to get that moment back. It's, it's gone. You know, I, I can't think of any other award or recognition that would equal that for me because it was so unexpected. So a lot of times when someone is having their moment, I just shut up. I don't say anything. You'll see a lot of people when someone's about to have the moment, they'll make it about themselves by telling a joke or, or bringing the attention back to them. No, that's, that's robbing the other person. Let them celebrate. This is their moment, not mine. Uh, if somebody else from my team gets that same award in the future, for me to go up to them and be like, hey, welcome to the club, that's robbing them of that moment. That's robbing them of this special, special thing that they just did. And that's not right. Mm, yeah, that's... Pretty brutal way to put it, yeah. I can see it. Mm. And then funky. Yeah, it will get like that. <laughs> it is. It's yeah. it, it's a funky feeling and yeah. not a good funky when when that is robbed from you. Yeah, I think as a leader, it's your job to set up moments like that for other people. You know, let them have have their moment. If, if I've been doing this podcast now for, it started in 2015 and and now it's 2023. So we're going on eight years now, right? Mm -hmm. If, if Patrick comes up to me and says, Hey, guess what? I'm starting a new podcast. If I say, Oh, okay. Like, yeah. Tell me about it. Like, how are you doing it logistically? Like, you know, uh, where are you going to host it? Any, anything like that, right? What is that doing? Those are all facts, not emotion. That's me robbing him. Instead, if I'm like, Patrick, are you kidding? That's awesome. You're going to do such an amazing job. Like, what is that doing? That's emotions. That's letting him have his moment. What, what do you think, Patrick? You, I, I you gave know. me kind I'm, of a look. I'm from the emotionally challenged over here, <laughs> I, I feel more comfortable with the facts and logic questions to, to reaffirm, yes, okay, you know, if I'm answering this correctly, here's an expert that's... I know that this is the right decision. It makes me feel more comfortable. But on on the emotional, I, I'm already thinking myself in that position of you asking. I would feel uncomfortable right away. Which, you know, and I and I acknowledge that the emotion side is something that I'm working on. So that is an outside comfort zone thing. But that's an interesting perspective. Well, I, you know, I like it because celebrating your achievement as opposed to when you're asking all the other questions, it's like breaking it down. Why should you, why do you deserve this? How are you getting there? It, mm. It's it's different. Yeah. You're celebrating versus, versus more, um, af- is it an affirmation? Reformation? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a different way to look at it. 
Both are good in my opinion. For example, right now I'm writing a book about procrastination. And I hate telling people what it's about because everyone's like, oh, how long have you been working on that? <laughs> it's like, oh, I get it. <laughs> I'm a little slow, guys. Wow. <laughs> That's a great joke. I haven't okay. heard that one before, yeah. you know. That's probably in the footnotes. Or, or when someone asks me a logical question, like, oh, how are you publishing it? I, I don't want to think about that stuff because that's all I've been thinking about. I want cheerleaders. I, I want that coach yelling at me saying, you can do it. You can do it. Let me know as soon as it's out. I'm going to be the first one to, you to need buy people it. to drive you to do your best. Right. Yeah. Patrick, you look like you're on the verge of a breakthrough. A buddy. little bit. So yeah. is it because of your koala that you that you grasp more on the emotional side? And for me being an owl, I would be more of the logical side of that? Ooh, great question. A lot of my... Uh, or they do a recap of the animals. We might. Well, right. we, we bring it up so often, but we should do a recap one of these days. Um, can we put it up on our profile on the website? Right. Oh, that's a great idea. Um, like Scott Chang, you know, okay. in parentheses, lion. I want um, my profile picture to be an owl now. But a lot of my behavior, and, and once I explain this to people, they're like, okay, now all of a sudden you make sense to me. Because until you really get to know me, I don't make sense. Like Glenn's one of the first people who will agree with that. Like I do things and he's just like, why? Um, he'll, he'll interrupt you just with a random question. Do you like broccoli? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll be talking movies. Oh, by the way, do you like broccoli? Huh? And then six months later, broccoli is going to show up in your life. If you tell me you like it, I've done that one before. <laughs> Every gift. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah. So one of the things that, that I do is, if ever I feel disappointment or if I feel sad or upset or someone behaves negatively towards me, I think about why am I reacting this way? And then am I subconsciously doing the exact same thing? So now I'll consciously avoid that. A perfect example is when I let people uh, who are getting on the freeway, when I let them in and they don't wave, I'm like, you know, I, I, I slowed down so you can come in. The least you could do is wave. <laughs> Road rage. No, I, Road no rage. I'm right there with you. And, right? I, I am right there with you. And so now, regardless of what I do, even, even if the person didn't let me through and I kind of had to force my way in, I still thank them. When someone cuts me off, I thank them. Why? Because I'm trying to spread positivity, like, like Glenn says. Positive zombie. But the reason, so going back to what you brought up, is I've been in that situation where, where people talk to me about the, the logistics of something that I'm passionate about. I don't want to think about the logistics. I want to think about the emotional positive side of it. I'm not going to go up to Scott and be like, oh, Scott, I, I see you put this bouquet together. Can you tell me what's the ratio of baby's breasts to chrysanthemums? I don't even know if that makes sense. But, no, yeah, um, that makes sense. But, but you know, I'm, I'm not doing that because he doesn't think that way. For him, it's, it's, it's a passion. And if I talk to him about the logistics, I'm taking the passion out of it. If I go up to you, you've been married to Amy for how long now? Oh, boy. Uh, Ooh. 16 oh, years? Going... 16 years, right? Hold on. I just I spitballed it there. Oh, uh, You better. Like, she's listening. Yeah. No, I was. Oh, no. That was us dating. Okay. So what, I'm texting ten, her right ten now. Years, sorry, ten years. Sorry. Ten years. We'll just go with ten years. Okay. <laughs> right. If I come up to you and say, Patrick, you've been married ten years, what are the steps that that got you there, right? What yeah. am I doing? I'm putting it logistically. Yeah, you're giving. Yeah, you're giving me more of a, a logistical, um, direct kind of 
right? Spreadsheet. Okay. Steps. I guarantee if everyone put together a list of what you need to do for a successful marriage, everyone would have the exact same steps. So then why is it so many people end in divorce? Women. Oh, boy. Oh. The views of Glenn oh, Rux do not. All right, guys. Everybody, Glenn, Glenn just Rux got button. Glenn just no. got canceled. What's, um, a, what's a good <laughs> Glenn at gysdpodcast No, so by all means, hit okay. Me. So, uh, oh boy, um, talk about derailment here. Um, okay, so I forgot what I was going. We're saying like we were talking about logic and like list and yeah. logistically why okay, would a relationship matter? Like why, Glenn? We're I gonna know it was geez. my fault. Um. Everyone wants to be healthier, right? We all know what to do to be healthier. Everyone wants to make more money. We all know what to do to make more money. Everyone wants to get ahead in life. No one's setting goals. It's not the how-tos. It's not the step-by-steps. It's not the 10 ways to do this. It's not the, log- the, the, the logic of it. It's the emotion behind it. It's the why are you doing it? What's going to push you? What's going to drive you? Do you have a coach yelling at you? That's Goober, by the way. Um, Goober's coaching us right now. So is is it that? No. So that's why I bring the emotion into it. When it when we talk about you know you starting your podcast, it's going to be about that excitement because that is what you need. You I, don't need the logical steps. I need I need to reflect on that a little bit more after this because that is uh, it's kind of eye opening a little bit. Hmm. So, with, with the drive, right, and how do we recognize when we need someone driving us or when we need to drive ourselves? Ooh, that's like oh, a whole gosh. topic for another day, Seriously, too. Right? That's, yeah, that's another. <laughs> what I, mean, you? I, I can give you an example, right, because a few years ago I had a membership to a gym, and I went religiously at least three times a week, but that's because I also had people going with me. So, hey, you're going to yeah, a gym? I'm going to go with you. I'm going to go with you. We'll get healthy together. So and we'll after, after a while, the, those people stopped showing up. And I stopped caring. Those tough times when I stopped pushing myself, there was no one there being that cheerleader for me to keep me pushing. So I lost interest. Would you say that the most important journey is the one within yourself then? I would say yes. I mean, if you can't make that journey yourself. Yeah. You can't rely on external factors. No. Yeah, because everybody's, everybody's running their own game. You, sh- you should be able to find that, that driving factor within yourself that's going to push you to do your best in everything you can. You, and if you can't, how do you get that kind of drive? You need, like, seeds planted, and then, and then from there, take it, take it. You know, yeah. you need that coach so, initially to kind of help, and then, you know, like pushing on the bike. You need that initial push, but then realize that you can do this on your own. Right. Yeah, for, for me with finances, it was Dave Ramsey. He was that coach yelling in my ear, listening to his audio book, reading his book, listening to his, his podcast and his radio shows. I mean, God, the guy was always yelling at someone for their financial misdeeds. I mean, for yep. me with the whole running everything, you know, it was something as simple as getting an app on my phone that a bunch of my friends were on it. So I'm like, oh, they went for a run today. I'm like, oh, I should probably go for one too. And it's, it's something so simple and so dumb that that's all it takes. So I would say we, we have to find a way to push ourselves. We're all capable of amazing things if we do. 
we push ourselves to our absolute best every single time. Um, I, I think we're so capable of actually accomplishing amazing things in life if we would actually do our best. And I don't mean, hey, I'm giving it my best. No, I mean you absolutely push yourself to the brink of breakdown and push your body, your mind, your faculties, your skills to their utmost best. You'd be able to do something with your life that no one else could do. Right? Yeah. There's a quote I love. It's a very nerdy quote. But what do you do when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you plant your feet? That's right. So, folks, if you're going to do anything, make sure you're doing your best in everything you've got. I think I guarantee you'll have a better life out of it and a better result for everyone around you as well. So, thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next episode of the GYST Podcast. Thanks, everyone, for listening to our GYST Podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together.